It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ooh, that was a tough one. Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Joining me as he does every Sunday morning reacting to Auburn's game is Daryl Dapperich, Montgomery Radio Vet, and of course, Auburn falling in dramatic fashion to the Georgia Bulldogs in the latest edition of the Deep South's oldest rivalry. Dap, Auburn, and then just over the course of, or excuse me, it was tied at 20 with a few minutes left to go. And then, of course, Georgia adds that last touchdown to Brock Bowers. But you got to think that the positives you can take away from this, and look, it stinks. It hurts. This, this is a tough one because you felt it. And Auburn had chances to really shock the college football world and make a statement. But when you look at the progress from a week ago to right now, you have to feel good about the development of this team. And I just as I look around the SEC, Daryl, and I look at LSU, and I look at Ole Miss, and I look at Arkansas, and I look at Vanderbilt, we'll throw Alabama into this as well. I think all of these teams now, when you look at how Auburn could run the football against Georgia, I think Auburn's going to be able to run the football against anybody that remains on their schedule. It's why it's such a conflicting, contradicting loss for two reasons. Because on one hand, I'm not into moral victories. And at some point as an Auburn fan, we have to learn to close. It's been a tough two and a half years. It was right there for the taking. So, you know, that's the frustrating part is you feel good about the way Auburn played, some of the things they did, you could literally start to mark this and say, wow, this may be a game where you start to see the turnaround. But again, this isn't upwards football, and you shouldn't be happy with moral victories. It was yeah. there to be had, and you don't get those opportunities that bad, that that often. So why it's frustrating is because we talked about what Auburn had to do to be in the football game. They had to ugly it up. They had to run the football. Well, for those that commented, and, and were doubters of that and came at us pretty good in the YouTube comments. Some even said, you know, you need to be drug tested. Well, I was, and it came back that I was positive for being right. Auburn ran the football effectively 43 times for over 210, 215 yards. 219. That, 219. That kept them in the game. It was a 27-20 game. Zach, we talked about that. Uh, Friday and said that's kind of where we felt like the line could be as far as the score margin. Yep. So here's the key. Here's the takeaway for me. Auburn did what they had to do to stay in the game and to keep this game close. They didn't do what they had to do needed to do to come out on top, and that's make a couple big plays in the in the pass game and adjust defensively and stop Bowers or slow him down. If you do that, you probably come out of there with a W. So they Mm -hmm. did what they needed to do to stay close, but they didn't do what they needed to do to come out on top. Yeah, and we'll talk about the inner workings of the game, what Auburn could have done, and what they need to do to get better and win more games this season in a second. But, no, it seems like 
there's two different conversations happening right now amongst the Auburn fan base. There's one that's about the loss, and you should never be pumped with a loss. But there's also one that kind of saw a team that hasn't given up yet, that hasn't really thrown in the towel despite the next several games being difficult in the midst of a four-game stretch that I think is just absolutely brutal. This is a team that's going to continue to fight. I think the heart that you saw from this roster on Saturday was tremendous. We've talked about this after the Texas A&M game, and it's even more so against Georgia. You saw a roster that Hugh Freeze put together with duct tape over the last six to eight months where a lot of these new guys were playing like group of five football a year ago, and they went toe-to-toe with the best recruits in the country, Daryl. Now, you should never be happy about a loss, but that's not what people are happy about. I think people are pleased to see that this program is heading in the right direction. Because what did we say over and over and over again going into this? Even going into Texas A&M, heck, we talked about it going into Sanford as well. Auburn has to find an identity on offense. And I think the identity on offense actually matches the identity on defense. They need to be physical. They need to be physical, and it doesn't matter who you are because if you can play that brand of football against Georgia, you could do it against anybody. Yeah, it goes to show you that at the end of the day, looking at it big picture, Auburn came into a game against the number one team in the country, back-to-back national champions, and played about as one-dimensional as you can, threw it for 88 yards, and yet they were one score away from tying the game. So you can play the what if game all you want, but let's just throw this out there. If they had even a, let's just say not spectacular, but just capable passing attack, they could have got to 30 points if they could have made some plays in the passing game. If they didn't have one arm tied behind their back and was so one dimensional and all they had was the running game, they got that close within an eyelash of the number one team of the country just being having one bullet in the gun. Yeah. You go ahead and develop the other side even a little bit more. That that's a game you when you say you held Georgia to 27, that's a game you can win 30 to 27 if you have balance. So they're that close being that one dimensional. So I think that's why there's a lot of positive feelings coming out not about the loss, but maybe being a little realistic and saying you go toe-to-toe with the best team in college football, and yeah. you do it on basically one leg? Um, I don't know. That That is where you probably have – and then you look at the rest of the schedule, and you say, what game on there now looks completely unwinnable? None of them. None? None, None of, of them. So this eight-win argument that we had at the beginning of the year and saying, hey, stay fast, stay true, it may get a little rocky during the stretch, but don't lose faith. You could see the back end of this schedule, Auburn makes some noise – this could come to fruition right in front of our eyes based upon what we saw last night. Yeah, Daryl, I'm more okay with your 8-4 and four prediction now than I was 48 hours ago just mm-hmm. because I think when you look at what Auburn is now able to do offensively versus any other team in this conference, I, I think I feel much better about it. I mean, we're recording this as LSU and Ole Miss are playing. And I'll look in two more minutes and somebody else will have scored a touchdown. And it's like... Auburn has one of the better defenses in this conference. I think it's been tested enough by two solid offenses where we can say that. 
And I just don't think LSU and Ole Miss are going to be able to play defense at the level of Texas A&M and Georgia are. I think Auburn's no, I, got the toughest two defenses that they're going to play this year behind them. And I may be crazy, and I want to get your opinion on this. I have a belief. I could be wrong, and I'll I'll find out if I am wrong. That's the beauty about this. I'm putting it out there. We know what our we know what our identity is. We know how we can run the football. I have the belief that this passing game is still going to improve before the year's over. I think it's I, going I, to get I, better. I think we saw I think we saw it improve a little bit. Don't you think though yesterday. In, in game 8 or 9 we could see improvement in the passing game and if that happens and you're already running the football the way you yeah. are what what is what what can that that's a really good trajectory. Yeah, you win the Iron Bowl. If that happens, you, you, you win eight games and win your bowl game. I mean, I, yeah, I just think right. that that's a, that's a part of your offense right now. That's anemic and it's, you know, and it's just, it's like not having access to it, but I believe that it's going to get better. I, I'm not just being an eternal optimist, sunshine pumper. I think I saw strides today mm -hmm. and I think that it's going to get better against defenses that are less than, and I think we're going to see improvement. And I don't think Auburn needs to be, you know, run and shoot, throwing it for 400. But tell me how beneficial a, a Peyton Thorne game where he's 18 of 25 for 240, which is modest, and a couple scores would be to go along with this running attack. Now mm -hmm. picture, and with this defense, now picture what Auburn could be towards the end of the year with that combination. Yeah, and I like that you're stressing the fact that you're not really asking for a whole lot. In I'm the not. passing game, just just something. Just and Daryl, yeah. let's 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 get into the passing game mm -hmm. as well as the other main thing that Auburn needs to focus on after this game. That's coming up right here on Locked On Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. I think several folks throughout the SEC may be applying their LinkedIn jobs. <laughs> We've got a joke throughout the Locked On Podcast Network. Billy Napier, we're calling him LinkedIn Billy at this point. I think he upgraded to premium yesterday, Daryl, but. Uh, you use LinkedIn jobs to, to help staff your company. I do. We A welder position, which is a very specific, detailed uh, position that you need to hire for, we used them and found one. And it's it, it really has been beneficial, and it's not easy to find one. So that's where you use LinkedIn for those specialty-type jobs where you just can't go out and yeah. get anybody. That's where they really come in handy. Yep, absolutely. So be sure to head over to LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. All right, Daryl. There were two major concerns for me, and we'll talk about the, the, the passing game, more specifically the receiving game in a second. But third down was brutal. Was brutal. And I said that I wanted to talk about this before we clicked record, and you're like, well, offense or defense? And I'm like, yes, both, because they were both bad. Auburn on offense, we'll start there, 2 of 12 on third down, on the money down. And that almost makes the rushing game more impressive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, if we're just being I mean, it's, that's hard. That's hard to go 2 for 12 on third down. 
And then one for three on fourth down obviously doesn't help. And then you look at Georgia, eight for 13 on third down. And the fact, if you would have told me that going into the game, it's like, oh my gosh, Auburn doesn't cover the 14 and a half. Auburn gets blown out. It's not competitive at halftime. If you would have told me that going into it. So props to uh, props to all the other factors that, you know, impacted this game, but extremely lopsided. I don't know how was it, it was as close as it was because of that stat. Well, you know, keeping up with the theme of just moving the needle a little bit and not being unrealistic in our asks, um, could you imagine if Auburn just would have been six for 12 on third down? It changes the up, game. It changes the game. Get four more. And six to 12 ain't, you know, the 2004 USC Trojans. I mean, that's just modest. Yep. You know, Georgia was eight of 13, over 60%. If you just get to 50% on the night and go six of 12 and pick up four more first downs on third down, that could change the complexion of the game. Or on the flip side, hold Georgia to six of tw of, tw of 13, you know, get them off the field two yeah. less times that they converted third down, move the needle in either direction, a plus two or a plus three, right? As far as net, let Georgia convert a couple less you convert two or three more and it could have completely changed now if, if in butts you know candy and nuts the whole christmas thing but i i just think that's how close if you're the coaching staff that's where you break this down and go we just got to move the, the needle just a little bit we're right there here's what we need to do here's what we need to clean up now why with those third down conversions on both sides of the ball was it a little bit closer because of turnovers, I think. Auburn had a couple of big turnovers that flipped the field and 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 changed the game, kept you in, you know, got you a lead, kept got you tied because they changed possessions. Um, and I also think I don't know how we can go back and break it down, but in the fourth quarter, it would be really interesting. Like you said, winning time. How many third downs did Georgia convert in the third fourth quarter and how many did Auburn? That that's your ball game right there. Yeah, well, and, and Auburn didn't convert any until the second half. So, third I mean, and I twelve guess, in the fourth quarter, or, you know, Auburn gives up that big play to Bowers. You got to get off the field there. If you get off the field there, you probably who knows what could happen. You probably yeah, win the game. you got a better yeah. chance for sure. The other aspect that they've really got to uh, finish um, is the receiving game. Like, and, and Peyton's not perfect, right? This is not me defending Peyton Thorne, despite what everybody's gonna take it as which is fine you can do whatever you want but there were times where like he got it where he needed to be several drops i'm really interested to see how many guys get credited with drops tomorrow or i guess sunday when, when pro football focus kind of puts out their stuff i'm i'm fascinated to see but you know the one to malcolm johnson jr really stands out to me and that's a guy that i want to see more of because he has the ability he has that natural speed and he's really added a bunch of size to his frame and it's just, okay, like that, that's something you got to catch. Was it an easy catch? No, but the throw, you can't fault the throw. Uh, and there were several back shoulder throws that I thought were fine, uh, solid. You know, even, even like a, one of the swing passes to Jarquez Hunter towards the end of the, I think it was mm -hmm. the final offensive drive, if I remember correctly, Daryl. And it's like, he's bobbling it all over the place. It's just like, catch the ball, catch the ball. And so, and, so many people calling for a quarterback change. I'm just not like, maybe they throw the ball differently. Daryl, I don't know. There was some controversy around that with Bo Nix was here, but I just, I don't think it would 
fix the receiver issue. I, I really don't. I started charting them a little bit while I was watching the game just because I, I suspected that this topic would come up. And realistically, I was very conservative. There were four drops, Jay Fair, Jarquez Hunter, Fairweather, and Malcolm Johnson, that were catchable balls that anybody on any metrics would say they were catchable. They hit in the hands. They hit you know, the, the, the swing pass to, to Hunter. So let's just add those four in. He was 11 of 19 or 10 of 19, I believe, for only 82 yards. But that makes you 14 of 19 for about 130 yards. Nothing to write home about. I'm not I'm not saying that's the kind of quarterback play we need to get. Don't get me right. wrong. Sure. But I'm saying if you run it for 220 and you throw it for 130 and you're efficient, just like we talked about on Friday, safe routes, keep them honest, it does keep you honest, and it does get them in more scoring position than the drops did, especially on that last drive. So the receivers have got to help him out a little bit. Um, I think that last week it was Peyton Thorne needed to do more to help his team out, and I think we could talk about this week they could have done a little bit more. But And credit the offensive line. I think in the first yeah. half, you know, they there were some he didn't have time to throw. Either he got the ball out quicker in the second half with a concerted effort to do that, or the offensive line changed, you know, blocking schemes. But look, when you rush it for 220 on Georgia, um, they're to be commended. That's a good game. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. I want to talk about recruiting because I think there's an overlooked aspect of this game. Hugh Freeze was asked about it after his press conference. And then I just want to give you my gut feeling for the bye week because now the bye week is here. But before that, if you were one of those haters, that Daryl mentioned. Auburn, there's no way they can run the ball against Georgia. Post your excuse below. I'm fascinated to read them. <laughs> exactly. I'm fascinated to read yes. them. And several of you Drug reached test. out on Twitter. Did you? Yep. Really Drug appreciate that. Positive. Um, I didn't even take it because I knew that they could. I didn't know I if they it. would or not. I didn't know if they would or not. I didn't think they would try it. I didn't think that'd be the game plan. But clearly it was. Props to them. Props to them. Uh, all right. Today's show brought to you by our friends at eBay Motors. Daryl, do you have a car? I do. Yep. Yep. It stinks when you like when something goes wrong, right? Absolutely. It can be debilitating. Well, it can be debilitating. That's right. That's right. Well, eBay Motors makes it easy to find the parts for your car, truck, SUV. They've got over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. Have you ever counted to 122 million, Daryl? No. It takes a while. Well, it, it would take a while if you did. It would. You always find what you're looking for at eBay Motors, and they've got the eBay Guaranteed Fit, which means your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or you get your money back. All the parts you need and the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebay.com slash motors. eBay Guaranteed Fit, available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Daryl, Hugh Freeze was asked about recruiting because it was a big recruiting weekend. They were like, Almost as many recruits here as there are parts available at ebaymotors.com. Not quite 122 million, but it was close. Yeah. And Auburn did such a great job 
if you're an Auburn celebrity, you were at that game. Cam Newton, Sunni Lee, Charles Barkley, Bruce Pearl, all, all these folks taking pictures with all the recruits. Genius. Genius. Nick Fairley was there. I think the Keo was there. I mean, everybody. Frank, Tom, Frank Thomas, Big Hurt Incredible. Was there. Incredible, right? And so props to, and I don't know how much of this was Auburn, how much of it just worked out, how much of it was Hugh Freeze. I don't think it's by accident. Just a gut feeling. Don't think it was by accident. And so Hugh Freeze was asked about it after, like, what's your recruiting pitch? And of course he talked to them all already because that's who he is. You love it. And he, his message was, come help us build it. And it's just, I, I, I've talked about this with Brian Smith several times who comes on the show pretty close to a weekly basis, Daryl. And we talk about this. And he, you've just got to think, he's like, this is what I'm doing with them. Imagine what I can do with you. Imagine what I can do three years from now, you know, when you're a junior or a redshirt sophomore or whatever, and you're ready, you know, you're one year away from going to the NFL. Imagine what we can do with you. And I think, I think it's working, Daryl, because I mean, these kids that are here, they're posting all their stuff on Instagram and they're committed elsewhere. And it's like people, even though they commit elsewhere, they can't stop looking at Auburn. And I think that's important. And I think that's something we should pay attention to. Yeah, I, I got to be honest. I was had kind of a little bit of defeatist attitude this week, early in the week, when I saw the, the visitor list and I kept saying, Lord, please don't let this be ugly. Don't let this be a blowout. Don't let this game get out of hand and these recruits that are here to see this lose interest because of what's the product. So you, other than winning the football game, you really couldn't have asked for a better scenario. Look, again, I'm not into moral victories, but we may, we may be able to tote this on an off the field win come December, early signing day, when some of the people that were there today sign or commit to Auburn. Because yeah, it, if you get a nine car much, or a, a, yeah, a KJ exactly. Bolden, yeah, because it, they, they showed out. Auburn showed out. They rolled out the red carpet. The celebrities being there. The atmosphere was incredible. You had a tight football game. They mm. can see how close they are. Now, look, anybody that's an athlete and is competitive and has pride would look at that and go, ooh, they're close. I'd love to help get them over the finish line. I'd love to be a, a part of the class or a piece of the puzzle to, to be the one that beats Georgia in, in Georgia next year, you know, that kind of thing. If you have that mentality of a competitor or a warrior, you look at that and go, wow, they're right there. Let me help get them there. That's what you hope comes out of this. And it was an incredible visitors list and they showed out. And so at the yeah. end of the day, when would have been nice, but it was just enough, I think, to hook some big fish come December. All right. The bye week is here. I think um, if I'm Auburn, if I'm Hugh Freeze, and he said a million times he's going to look at the tape tonight and tomorrow, and I'm sure every day until you know they 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 go to Baton Rouge to take on LSU. But you've got to figure out some situational things. It's still everything seems still a little slow from like getting the play call in to communication to checks to RPO reads. Like everything still seems like it's a little slow. And so to me, I think that's primary, you know, mission number one during this bye week is to get everybody rested and then to clean up some things. Cause I like, like we've talked about, like, I think this, I think it's close. I think it's closer now than it was a week ago. I, I was a lot, I was a lot more doom and gloom after Texas A&M after that loss, but after the loss yesterday, now it's just like, I, I think we're closer 
than we may have thought. I think A&M just kind of had our number, and th- there was one not, kind and, of major issue that kept kind of you know hurting us. And they look like they are, you know, go on the road and beat Arkansas. They may be a pretty good football team. It'd be pretty formidable down the road the rest of the year in the SEC West. So that bodes well. Yeah, I, I think A and M. I think the A. Jake said. Jake Crane said this on my show. He said the loss to Miami from the A and M standpoint said more about Miami than Texas A and M, and and that's looking to be true at this point. And their quarterback, because no quarterbacks played well against. I mean, KJ Jefferson all. Preseason SEC looked very mid and very average today. Go look at his stats. Uh, the Van Dyke kid looked really good, so the, mm-hmm. that, that bodes well for him. I will right. say this. I agree with you You know, completely. The first thing, the first and foremost thing in any bye week since the beginning of time is get healthy. Right. Get rest. Get some dudes back that might be able to help you against LSU. Second of all, if you're going to implement anything or tweak anything, or improve anything. Now, look, Auburn took a big leap in the RPO game from last week to this week. And Hugh Freeze said that at his press conference last week. He said, we didn't have any, and we need to get better at that. It made me want to throw up. And they did. I mean, they had a touchdown on an RPO. They ran, yeah. I mean, the 62-yard run by Thorne, RPO. So that's what I would look for for in the bye Do we know that was an RPO? Do we know it that? Was. Yeah, he pulled it. I mean, he pulled the... He, yeah, he that doesn't up. always mean it, though, like... I mean, I'm, I'm going to take your word for it. If you say it is, yeah. I believe you. But I, I just, I would like to know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So whatever you're going to implement or whatever you're going to try to uh, redefine or refine or whatever it is, this is the time to do it. If you're going to put in more route, you know, more routes on the route tree, more running plays, whatever, this is the time to do it. And it's probably a good time to do it, I would say, just from a health standpoint, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, we'll be here all week, even though it is the bye week. We are still here for you every single day. And Lindsay and I'll jump into more of um kind of things that stood out from the game after we do a rewatch. So be sure to come back tomorrow. In the meantime, Daryl, how can people check out everything you've got going on, buddy? Uh follow me on Twitter, DAP6410. I'll be on Monday morning and Tuesday afternoon, uh, various shows on the Auburn network. And unfortunately. They'll have to do without us next Sunday, Zach. What will they do without their Sunday dose of Zach and Dad? I know it. I know it. I think they'll be okay. I think they'll they'll be okay. I'll be in Boston. I'll be in Boston next Sunday. That's good. Go Pats. Go Pats. All right, everyone, uh, read all of our written work at auburndaily.com, and we will see you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.